I am ready to open the word, Genesis uh, 12, 1 to 3, Revelation 3, 7, and I will be opening up some things to you today that will be miraculous, I promise you. At the end of the meeting, I'll ask you. All right? Okay. So let's go. Read. Read with me. Now, the Lord said to, no, he was not yet Abraham. He was still, which means that you don't have to be transformed for God to reach you. Now, that should make a Catholic hold your beads and shout, Hail Mary. Even when you're wrong, God can reach you. Hmm? Next. Stop. Get thee out of your what? Get thee out from your and your kindred and from your. Now watch this. You got to get out of your country because I got a bigger country to give you. Get out from your kindred because I got a, a greater family to give you. Get out from your house because I got a bigger house to give you. You never leave it. But God gives it back. Living sacrificially simply means that you are sending something to ascend for something to descend. You'll never have a descent of power without an ascent of praise. God doesn't need your praise. You need his touch. So whether you shout hallelujah or not, he's going to get it. Read unto a what? That I will. Okay, next. Read. Stop. Oh, whoa. And who? No, no, I, I, I. Say I. Covenant begins with God, so it will never end with man. Did you get that? Yeah. If you're under covenant, nobody can break that. Right. You are not living at the whims and the fancies of the person that don't like you. I have a, a good word for people that don't like me. Take a flying hike. Who really cares? And I read the next word. So, so, so when God says, I will, the devil can't say, I won't. Right. By the way, this is just like we have a preamble to our constitution. This is the preamble to the Abrahamic covenant. You need to study that. And I will what? Say make. So when God does the making, hell can't do the breaking. If you're a self-made person and your husband makes you and your wife makes you and your kids make you, you're in big trouble. Because if they make you, they will break you. But when God does the making, how many of you are God-made people? Would you wave your hands and give him a shout of hallelujah in the holy house today? Hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you what my boast is. I'm a God-made man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Read. 
And I will make of thee a what? A what? So when God does the making, greatness is inevitable. Now, is God capable of creating average? Why? He's not. So if you're average, God didn't do that. Somebody from a warmer climate did. Average means you're at the top or the bottom. Whatever God makes inevitably becomes great. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, God, you're great. Huh? Well, that's what that said. That when God does the making, greatness is inevitable. Oh, I wish I had an amen there. And I will what? I will bless thee, and I will make thy... Most Christians are too humble to have a great name. Oh, and you shall be a blessing. Look at number three, and it, uh, then I, I've got to, oh my, my, read. I will bless them, say them, that bless thee. I will curse, I, I will bless, but I will curse. He generalizes the blessing, but personalizes the curse. Let me tell you, you don't want to be on the cursing side of God. I can give a lot of information on the cursing side of God, but I'm more on the blessing side. Huh? Oh, my, my. Read. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Okay, Revelation 3, 7, and then we open the word. Read. Hold, hold on, to the what? All right. So the pastor of this church is called an angel by God. I'm sure you've been called many things, but angel ain't one of them. But God calls him angel. Huh? Read with me. Write these things, saith he that is. And he that is. No, that's very important to you. And he that hath the. That is very important to you. Now, this is the church of what? Where? In where? Say it again. He has the key of David. Say, key of David. Look what the key of David does. He that and no man. And then he that and no man. From where? Oh, remember that. That's a key for today. Father, thank you for our pastors, wife, and family. Thank you for what you are doing at the Winners Church. Thank you for the touch of God. Thank you for the spirit of God. Thank you for the hand of God. Can somebody give him a shout of hallelujah? Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, what I am going to share with you is so enormous that I don't even know where to begin today. So let me begin where uh, the scripture is very clear. I am told that Isaiah 17... Syria is mentioned in prophecy, Damascus, but then I'm told by 90% of prophetic theologians that America has no place in Bible prophecy. Number two, Iraq is mentioned in Bible prophecy uh, in Jeremiah 50, 51 as Babylon, but America isn't. A rogue nation like Iran is mentioned in Ezekiel 38, 5, but America isn't. 
Libya and Ethiopia and Germany and Turkey are mentioned in Ezekiel 38, 5, 6, and 7, but I am told America isn't. Uh, Daniel 11, Egypt is mentioned, then Moab, Mount Seir, and Ammon, or Jordan is mentioned, but America isn't. Revelation chapter uh, 9, 14 to 16, Revelation 16, 12 to 14, China is mentioned as the kings of the east, but, but, but America isn't, I'm told. In Ezekiel 38, Russia is mentioned as Gog of Magog, but America isn't. That is logically impossible. Superpower number one, the force behind NATO, the supporter of WHO, the global cop of the world, is not mentioned in the word of God. I am then further told that, well, America isn't mentioned by name in the Bible, so she's not there. Well, question, is rapture mentioned by name? Is, is there a rapture? Is Trinity mentioned by name? Is there a Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? The lack of mention does not mean she's not there. I intend to show you that America is not only there, she's number one place in the end time. Oh, by the way, America is not the halls of Congress. Thank God. Amen. Not the Democrats, or the Democrats and the Republicans. America is you. So, can I proceed to show you a miracle? Huh? All right. There was a president that declared to America that you are no longer a Christian nation. I won't call his name. But it rhymes with Osama. So I won't give you a name. I, I, I have told people, and, and, and forgive me if you get offended. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. He said to our country, you are no longer Christian. So, so let me make a point. Are you a Christian nation because all your people act like Christians? No. Are you a Christian nation because most of you are Christians? Or are you a Christian nation because your political documents are built on the Word of God? Amen. Somebody help me. So, let, 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 let me give you some information so that you will get this into your heart. Are you ready? Okay, so here we go. The framers of the Constitution unabashedly Lee declared that the forming of this document was a miracle from God. Franklin was the least religious of all of them. You know that. And he said, our general convention when it formed the new federal constitution was influenced and guided and governed by the omnipotent and beneficent ruler in whom all live and move and have their being. Wait. James Madison wrote, it is impossible for the man of pious reflection not to perceive in the constitutional convention the finger of that almighty hand of God. Ben Franklin said, I have lived a long time, and the longer I live, the more, the more powerful I see this truth that God governs in the affairs of man. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it is not probable that an empire can be raised up without his help.
No, I can go on and on. But I can't do that. Why? Because in the Constitution, I'm told there's no mention of God. Wrong. There's no direct mention of God, but it calls on the supreme being. In the Declaration of Independence, remember what they're telling us, that America is not a... And a Christian nation is decided by one thing. Are your documents built on the Word of God and not on pagan ideas? Not how the people act. Not what they do. Not how many have been killed. Are your documents built on the Word of God? All right. Now, hold on. Have you ever heard of a man called Donald Lutz? Probably not. Yeah, he was. He was a professor of political science from the University of Houston. He conducted an exhaustive 10-year research on 15,000 political documents of the Founders era from 1760 to 1805. What do you By the way, this was published in the American Political Science Review in 1983. He found that Every quote in the Constitution as a whole, hear this, 60% of it came directly from the Word of God. Then he found out that every other reference had its ideas derived from the Bible. One third. So you take 60% and add it to 33 and a third. What do you get? So he's saying that 93 and a third percent of the Constitution came from the Word of God. Now I know I'm not talking to a bunch of Cubans. I know I'm talking to people in the United States of America. Aren't you happy that we can declare from an authority that researched the founder's era that 93 and a third percent of our document is found in the Word of God? Oh, wait. I have some things to show you that will send you into orbit. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of Newsweek? Write this down, December the 20th, 1982. Write that down. Hear this. Historians are now discovering from, and it's on Newsweek, historians are discovering that the Bible, perhaps even more than the Constitution, is our founding document. In the Declaration of Independence, there are five references to God. God as the supreme lawgiver. God as the creator of all men. God as the source of all rights. God as the world's supreme judge. God as our protector. On whom we can rely. So I want to stand here and unabashedly tell you right now and right here in the name of our Lord that this nation... was built on the Word of God. Have we killed 63 million babies? Yeah. Have we just overturned Roe? Oh, come on. You should be much more attractive than that. (laughs) 
I said, have we overturned Roe? Yes. Have we now said that you can carry a concealed weapon? Yes. Has we now made adjustments to the EPA? Have we now declared that that man that stood on that football field and prayed cannot be charged? He is reinstated. Have we declared it? Oh, somebody should give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. I wrote a book, one of my 13 books. This got me into the White House. They asked me to come and speak in the congressional dining room. Have you? A congresswoman read the book and said it's the greatest book in America she ever wrote, ever read. Looked at my picture and said, holy God, he looks like Saddam's nephew. Ma'am, I don't know why you're smiling. You look like his niece. <laughs> so I got the privilege of going to the congressional dining room. For four and a half hours, the congressman, along with the CIA operative, allowed me to bring a camera crew and record in Capitol Hill. They took me into the place where Washington's Bible was. I got to pray where the congressman prayed. And I am here to announce to you all this baloney that you hear about America going to hell in a handbasket about if God, you know, these peddlers of demagoguery and doom and gloom get up behind their pompous pulpits and they tell you if God doesn't judge America, he will have to raise up Sodom and Gomorrah and apologize to them. That sells a lot of product. But what they don't tell you is if there were 10 righteous people in Sodom, God would have saved Are there 10 righteous people in Winner's Church today? Give him a shout of hallelujah to the Almighty God. You see, they never carry the parallel to the maximum. They stop so they can sell their product. But wait, I have more. They tell us that America and the Roman Empire are running parallel maps. And you know what? They're right. Let me give you the points. One, both were hedonistic, not heathen, hedon, which means they were filled with pleasure. Two, both had powerful, the Roman Empire and America had powerful military and economic machines. Next, both had a slave problem. Next, both had a great welfare state. Next, it was a great drain on the government. Next, both had an eagle for a symbol. Next, both had a place called Capitol Hill. Next, both had a Senate. Next, both had stadiums. They raced chariots, we raced cars. Next, both had a flag. Next, both had a steady flow of foreigners. Next, both had an unemployment problem. All right. But what they don't tell you 
is when the Roman Empire was at its worst, killing one million Christians, God raised up 12 men, anointed them by the power of the Holy Ghost, and they held the Roman Empire by its collar and shook it by the power of Almighty God. They don't tell you that. By the way, have you ever psychoanalyzed the disciples? I have. I spent many hours doing that. I have a nickname for Peter. Psycho Sid. <laughs> Peter was a psycho. Read the word. Go tell the disciples. Peter. Peter followed him from afar. I'll never deny you, Father. Before that cock crowed. That's why if you call to preach and you don't like chicken, I question your call. Do you know why? Since that chicken clocked on Peter, I've been killing him by the thousands. <laughs> this waste is a fence around a chicken graveyard. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Huh? But these men don't tell you. Do you believe that they attend? Oh, by the way, you know they didn't like each other? You know, some church people say, I love you, but I don't like you. I, I'm obligated to love you. Liking is negotiable. <laughs> Do you believe that God has the power right here and right now in the finest church to take a group of people, anoint them by the power of the Holy Spirit, lift them into a dimension they have never been, make them extraordinarily empowered to do an extraordinary task? Do you believe that God has that kind of power here right now? Would you give him a shout of hallelujah? Hey, 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 hey. Let me tell you, you're coming to church, you ain't serving God by doing this. If you don't do this, God won't die, you will. You ain't serving God by getting up here and preaching and worshiping. That's your obligation. Huh? Somebody better say amen to that. Can I get somebody to know that when you leave this building, that's when service begins. It's at Walmart. It's in the grocery. It's with your neighbor. It's with the touch of God upon your life. And I am declaring to you today that in the time of the Roman Empire, when the church was under attack, 12 men anointed by the power of the Holy Ghost was raised up by God, and they shook a word. Hallelujah. Boy, he's got a laugh. I, I love it. I love it. All right, look. Let me go quickly. I have so much material to cover. All right. They say that America is not mentioned in prophecy. Okay. Let me systematically disprove that. Oh, when I get done. Would you agree with me that, that a great part of the heart of God is winning the lost? Yes. Say it again. Everything. everything. In fact, every prophecy is pointing to harvest. Latter rain is pointing to harvest. Great worship is pointing to harvest. Everything. 
now, in saying that God, his heart, is that, what you are also saying is that a great part of the heart of God is raising a church or raising a body or raising a people to be his instruments to touch the world. Watch this. The prophet said to the junior prophet, hey, I hear the sound of abundance of prophet. Junior prophet didn't hear it. Point. Just because you're close to the prophet don't mean you're hearing what the prophet's hearing. Two thieves were close to Jesus. One went to heaven, one went to hell. Close proximity does not decide closeness. Boy, I could preach on that. I'm close to the preacher. Let me paint a picture. God was looking for a nation and a people to take a stand for the gospel. Guess who he found? Would you agree with me that the other part of the heart of God is standing with the nation of Israel, rebirthing the nation of Israel, and prospering the nation of Israel? They are only two parts of the heart of God, winning the world and defending Israel. That's why you have an Old Testament and a New. The Old Testament deals with Israel. The New Testament deals with the church until the church is raptured, and then he begins dealing with Israel again. The two parts of the heart of God is the church and Israel. God was looking for a nation and a people to be his hand to the world and to stand, defend, and support the nation of Israel. Guess who he found? Somebody help me. He found you. So you were telling me that the two things that are major in the heart of God historically and prophetically is winning the lost Raising the church and defending Israel. And in those realms, America is number. All right. Okay, hold on. All right, hear this. The Puritans, have you ever heard the name Puritan? All right. Who were they? Our... Thank you. The Puritans viewed their emigration from England as a reenactment of the Jewish exodus from Egypt. To them, England was Egypt, the king was Pharaoh, and the Atlantic was the Red Sea, and America was the land of Israel. Are you aware of the fact that Thanksgiving was first celebrated in 1621, one year after the Mayflower landed? It was initially conceived as a day to parallel the Jewish Day of Atonement. Haven't heard that, right? You know, it's been hidden. The left has hidden it from the history book. No, wait. What do you mean by left? I will tell you. When you're left, you're not right. I thought that was good myself. I really did. The first design for the official seal of the United States, recommended by Benjamin Franklin, James Mad John Adams, uh, and Thomas Jefferson, in 1776, depicted the Jews crossing the Red Sea. 
hold on, there's more. And, and all this is fluff. The stuff's about to come. PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's America, that's me. All right. Do you know what this is? And that would be wrong. <laughs> That's the Supreme Court. Supreme Court. Ten lawgivers up there. You know who the guy in the middle is? Moses holding the Ten Commandments. So, so, so they are telling us we want to take the law and the name of God out of every courtroom and out of everywhere we go, but they can't take Moses with the Ten Commandments from the Supreme Court. Next. Next. All right. This is another picture, a good picture. Next. All right. You know where that is? You know where it is? Huh? So in the New Testament, the Church of Philadelphia, which is the rapture church, the remnant church, I don't have time to go into that. Laodicea is the church that will be spewed into the tribulation period. So there are some church people sitting looking like Christians that are going to be vomited. I'm sure nobody here. Amen? That church is going to be raptured. Come out. She's given the move of God, holiness and truth, and the key of David. Why? Holiness and truth. Because holiness is internal. So what God is saying is every internal attack of the enemy will be solved by the end time move called the holiness of God, given by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you have some internal problems that nobody knows about? Huh? Let me tell you. Let me tell you the danger of arrogance and pride and false religiosity. It cannot be seen by the normal Christian because it's deeply internal, but God sees it. Oh, I can preach there for an hour. Whoa, boy. God give me a revelation on that. All right, now hear this. God said to the end time church, there'll be holiness, I will clean you up inside. How many of you believe that God has the power to deliver you and to touch you and to make you whole on the inside? Give him a shout of hallelujah. hallelujah. Then he said the second move is truth. Why? Truth delivers you on the outside. You shall know the truth and the truth shall. How many of you have some external things that have tried to bind you? And we all need deliverance from that. Would you say hallelujah to the Lord? Well, truth answers that. What's the key of David? Listen, I preached one hour on the key of David. Let me give you one point. The key of David is the key to the treasury of King David handled by the chamberlain Eliakim. In other words, God gives to a servant the keys to the treasury. I'm just about to make an 11-country world trip, my third world trip in my life. Flying hours, 110 flying hours by jet. Coach is hard. <laughs> hard. But 
coach is planetary expensive. Can't do it. I mean, six to seven times the amount. I mean, you won't believe it. Church contacted me. Said, I heard you're making a trip overseas. Mm -hmm. Our church will upgrade you to business class all the way. The equivalent of a gift of $30,000. I know some of you ain't smiling because it didn't happen to you. But it happened to your brother. So learn to celebrate a brother's blessing. The, the key of David opens a door. I can't go into detail. It is, there are seven things the key of David does. The last of the seven is opening the treasury of the king because the chamberlain is given authority over the money. Do you know this has a, a scripture on it from the Old Testament linking Israel to us? Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Why did we go to Vietnam? Why did we go to Korea? Why did we go to Grenada? Why did we go to Iraq? Why did we go to other parts of the world? Is it because we are global cops or rich? Uh -uh. It's because within our constitution and the fabric of our society, there is the thought of bringing liberty. That is why we defend Israel. That is why we defend Taiwan. Two smaller nations attacked by bigger nations we have said we will stand with them because built into the fabric of being American is proclaiming liberty. Amen. In what city? Isn't it strange that when Donald Trump needed 20 votes to go over in the electoral college as president, it came from Pennsylvania Philadelphia opened the door. Is Pennsylvania a Democrat state? Yeah. Has it ever been Republican? Uh-uh. God broke a political norm to prove a prophetic point. I will open a door no can shut. I hope you're enjoying life under our new president. But praise God, our responsibility is to pray for him. That's our responsibility. Okay, okay, next. Quick, I want to go. Quick. All right. Do you know what that is? Where is it? So it's called the... Yeah, yeah. Watch that moment. Okay. Do you know how long it took to dedicate this? Yeah? Do you know? 40 years. 1848 to 1888. You know why? Because they had to carve something into the cone. Would you like to know what they carved into the cone? Laos Dio, glory to God in the highest. No building can be built higher than this, 555 feet, 5.125 inches in the air. None. Oh, by the way, 
Do you know when you go to the top and you look down, the White House is to the north, uh, 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 the Jefferson Mall uh, uh, to the south, the Capitol building to the east, and the Lincoln Memorial to the west? Huh? So when you go at the top of, of this wonderful thing called the Washington Monument, do you know what happens? Let me tell you what happens. What you see at the top is glory to God. What you see at the bottom is perfect cross over Washington. Praise at the top. The cross on the bottom. And there ain't a thing they can do about it. Flap your jack. Talk all you want. You can't change it. But hold on. Next. You know what that is? The most frequent visitor to most church life. <laughs> Except the winner's church. Ever heard the name Haim Solomon? No. Yeah, some of you, some of you have. Haim Solomon. Ever heard the name George Washington? Yeah. Ever heard the American Revolution? Yeah. Guess what was happening? He was losing the revolution. Haim Solomon, a Jewish man, came, sold his fortune, and gave Mr. Washington 600,000 pounds sterling. So Washington begins to win the war. But then money runs out, food runs out, arms run out. Ham Solomon goes to England, and from the Bilderbergers, the Sassons, and the Rothschild, he raises three million pounds sterling. Comes, gives it to Mr. Washington, a Jewish gift birthed your freedom. Now, I am giving you a quarter of the revelation can't give you all. I have to preach in McLean, Texas at 4 o'clock. He's warm. Watch. Mr. Washington said to Haim Solomon, I want to do something for Israel. Oh, no. And this is what Washington did. The seal. How many stars? Say it again. Why? Oh, good. But only half correct. But that was good. Ah, if you check the tribe of Joseph as Ephraim and Manasseh, there were not 12 tribes. There were 13. But wait. Look, how can you prove that? Look at that. The stars are in the form of the Star of David. But look around it. The glow, the glory of God around the Ark of the Covenant. But look beneath. Seven sticks, one longer. The menorah. The one in the middle is called the what? The shamash. Watch the shamash in the Hebrew. The helper. Who is the helper in Romans chapter 8? The Holy Spirit. So what God is saying on our money is that no matter what riot, no matter what power, no matter what attack, no matter what war comes against America, the Holy Spirit will always be the longer one, reaching and bringing revival and restoration and power and anointing and glory and wholeness to our land. Why do you think he's having the meetings he's having? Because he's a good preacher? Because of the shamash. 
the helper. Say it again. I didn't mean laugh. Just say it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be revival in the land. There will be restoration in the land. There will be a touch of God in the land. Hell can't hold it. And the devil can't bind it. And the grave can't bury it. And people can't stop it. Watch Watch this. There are nine leaves. Why nine? The nine flames of the Hanukkah menorah. And I am told America has no part. But wait, that's not all. I'm about to drop. Put on your seatbelt. All right. What is the purpose of. The Old Testament is generally symbolic. There are many symbols that are in the new. Why? Symbols contain mysteries that are revealed in the new. In my, oh, by the way, my Revelation uh, class, 40 hours of teaching, 700 pages of curriculum, has now been formally adopted into the curriculum of an accredited Bible college in our nation. So they have four more of my courses that will be adopted. One of them is the types and shadows of the Old Testament fulfilled in the New. Never been taught before. Well, I thought that was good myself. I, I, did. I want to show you symbolism. This will amaze you. And in about 10 minutes, I'll be showing you Oklahoma mentioned in the Bible. And you know I'm smart. So you can figure all you want. I guarantee you. Ain't no way you're going to find it. I promise you. Took me 49 years to get it. Won't, you won't get it in 10 seconds. I promise you. Watch this. So the wilderness camp. okay? The wilderness camp of God's people, right? Watch this. Situated at the north of the wilderness camp was the camp of Dan. The emblem was the eagle. Everything in Washington is judged with the Washington Mall as the epicenter. North, now what was the emblem of Dan? Say it loudly. Now hear this. To the north of the Washington Mall. Is this any time before the rapture would be good? good. <laughs> what is that? Ah. <laughs> What's the symbol? Ah. Just like the tribe of Dan. Next. That's the back of the White House. Eh? Just like the tribe of Dan. But wait. East of the camp was Judah, whose symbol was a lion. Next. What is that? Thank you. 
Next. What was the symbol? Good. Next. Ulysses S. Grant. Just like the Old Testament. But that's not all. South was the tribe of Reuben, whose emblem was a man. Say man. Amen. South of the Washington Mall is this. With the picture of a... Just like the Old Testament. I won't go into detail why. To the west of the camp, there was Ephraim, whose emblem was a bull or an ox. Next. Who is he? That's the Lincoln Memorial. Abraham Lincoln shares the name of our forefather, Abraham. Abraham was getting ready to offer a sacrifice, and God put him to sleep. But before he did, what did he do with the sacrifice? He cut it in half. And then God came miraculously. During the time of Abraham Lincoln, our nation was cut. Hear this. Amazing for you to know that the first battle of the Civil War was at a place called Bull Run. In the city of Manasseh. That's good? That's way better than good, ma'am. Way better. That is wonderful. That God in the Old Testament would put you and this name. But wait, I have something to show you. Suppose I told you that Washington, D.C. was patterned after the throne of God. You would tell me, I'm from Missouri. Show me. <laughs> I have the attitude of a mule. Around the throne of God, honey, there are four beasts. What are they? The lion. The eagle, the ox, the bull, and the man. The four around the federal buildings are around the throne room. Coincidence, isn't it? And they tell me that America is going to hell in a handbasket. Uh-uh, bro, you are. America isn't. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm a Christian. And I don't vote to kill children. And I don't vote for a man and a man to be kissing in the street. You know why? I'm a Christian. Want me to get started on that. 
stand before the Father. I voted for killing, baby. I voted to violate your word. Yeah, I did. Why? Because my politics comes before my, the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. With me, I'm still going to eat. How many of you are happy that you are biblically based? Would you say hallelujah to the Lord? Thank you. Now, I'm not going to show you the prophetic parallels to Israel and America, and then I'm going to show you Oklahoma in the Word of God. And then we're going to pray. But before I pray, I'm going to show you a five-minute video from the army of Israel. Is that okay with you? If it's not, the pastor already gave me permission. Your approval does not matter. Can I show you the prophet? Can I show you who you are? All right. Israel was founded to take the Torah to the nations. We were founded to take the gospel to the Indians and the world. Well, we did a good job on the Indians, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did it good. If you check Joseph as a double portion tribe, uh, 13 tribes, we were settled with 13 colonies. America and Israel are the only two nations in the world that warred between the north and the south. Israel's capital, Jerusalem, is not a part of any tribe. America's capital, Washington, is not a part of any state. Israel is led by three groups, uh, the kings, the priests, the prophets. We are led by three groups, the uh, um, uh, legislative, judicial, executive. Israel left Europe to escape persecution. Uh, uh, Egypt to escape persecution. We left Europe to escape persecution. Israel is called the Satan by the fanatics. We are called the great Satan. Israel is the first to be founded on the fixed laws of God. We are the next. Both came into a land occupied. A sea of water separated them from their promised land, Red Sea. A sea of water separated us, the Atlantic Ocean. Both had to deal with Babylon or Iraq. Babylon tore down their temple. Al-Qaeda in Iraq tore down our temple of finance, the Twin Towers. May the 14th is important to them. Their nation was formed. May the 14th, 1607, our first colony was planted. Their palace was built for their second king, King David. Our White House was finished for our second president, John Adams. But you've never heard that before because it's been hidden. From the public. Why? The left must do all they can to hinder you from seeing your union with Israel. I'm going to show you Oklahoma. Can I read something to you? Uh, I wrote this. I can find it. October the 20th, uh, 30th, 1991, President Bush convened the Middle East Peace Plan for Israel to give up land. The Bible clearly states that that land is given by covenant. Same day. Say that loudly. Oh, good. Same day. Okay. Uh, one more time. Same day. The same day a ferocious storm hit the New England States called the Perfect Storm. We made a movie about it and wrote a book. Next. The greatest storm ever in American history. Next. Uh, 23rd, 1992, August. We were saying, give up land. Same day. Same day. Hurricane Andrew hit Florida. Uh, 
I can go on and on and on, but there's one or two of them I want to read to you. All right. You would, you would know this. May the 3rd, 1999, Arafat was declaring Palestinian state with Jerusalem as the capital. We agreed. Same day. The most powerful tornado ever to hit America smashed down in Oklahoma and Kansas with winds over 300 miles an hour. My book is l laced with references. Can I give you two more points? May I? And then I'll come to America and then I'll show you the, 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 the five-minute clip and then we'll say good night or good morning, whatever it is. Okay? Hear this carefully. So, ever heard of a place called the West Bank in Israel, Right? Christians never use that term. That's the name given by the world to a part of Israel. That's the heart of Israel called Judea and Samaria. Every time the West Bank is used is to denigrate the heartland of Israel. So they were saying they went to the West Bank. Our authorities went, went and they were saying settlement. We're going to take you out and relocate you. What they don't tell you, two and three story homes. Every third house had a swimming pool. Infrastructure, 10% of the flowers, 90% uh, uh, of the vegetation came from the place called Gush Katif. And they said, Israel, get out. Same day. A hurricane hit us. You know the name. Katrina, where did it land? You know why? Where in New Orleans? Well, New Orleans, right, right there. You know why? Because New Orleans is the only place there in our country where Interstate 10 ends in a city called the West Bank. When they took the Jewish people out of Gush Katif, you know the first installment, how much they took? 10,000. Do you know when they were taking the refugees from the flood and putting them in the Superdome, how many there were? 10,000. The same day that they were taking the coffins out of the graveyards to take to Jerusalem is the same day that coffins came down the flood. Would you like to hear one more? All right. A few years ago, one of our leaders went to Israel, to Zion, which is Jerusalem and Israel. Zion is the name. It's a wonderful name, really. They were saying, divide Jerusalem. Say divide. divide. Same day. Same. Say it again. Same. A tornado hit Arkansas in winter. Why did you say Wow. Here's the thing that's even more significant. You know what city it hit in Arkansas? Jerusalem. You know what church it destroyed? Zion. Never underestimate the power of a church taking a stand for Israel. You know in America how the churches say, I, I, I stand for Israel? Once a month, they pray for Israel, and that's it. Muslims, are, terrorists are strapping bombs because they believe in their God. We pray once a month. Come on. Heaven. Okay, let me give you my last point, then I'll go to the video. Anybody learning something today? 
if you're not too late. <laughs> Just about that. All right. So if you say this here is the tabernacle, okay? This area. You take a map of America, put it down. Let me show you here. Over here, there's the brazen altar with three flames of fire. One flame, two backup. Over here, there is what? The brazen labor, which is water. Over there, there's the table of showbread with bread. Over here, there's the uh, golden lampstand with oil. Over here, there is the altar of incense with red incense and black coal. Over here, there's the veil that divides. And over there, there is the Ark of the Covenant made of golden wood. You take a map of America and rest it over here. The fire, it's over Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee. The places where the fires of the Holy Ghost revival began. Over here where there is water, it's over Mississippi, our major waterway. Over here where there is bread, it's over Nebraska and Kansas, our... Over here where there is red incense and black coal, it's over Colorado where there's red dirt and black shale. Over here... Where the veil divides is over the continental divide. Over here, where's the Ark of Covenant, Golden Wood, is over California, where the gold rush began and there are Sequoia Woods. But notice I left out one. The candlestick with oil is over Oklahoma and Texas. So prophetically... I am authorized by the Almighty God through the power of symbolism and mystery re revealed to let you know. Get ready, Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina. Get ready, Mississippi. Get ready, Nebraska, Kansas. Get ready, Texas and Oklahoma. Get ready, Colorado. Get ready, California. There is coming an outpouring of the power of the Spirit and the anointing of God before the coming of the Messiah that is prototyped by symbolism. If not you, who? If not now, when? If not here, where? Are you a legend in your own mind? Well, yeah, if you are, understand this. Even your husband don't think you're a legend. The only physical legend in America is the Duke, John Wayne. I am sure... You love your husband and wife, but you never go and said, Hey, legend. <laughs> His name ain't John. You know John Legend? Well. <laughs> May that come back on you a whole lot. <laughs> Is it possible in the Winners Church that God is sending an outpouring because it was prophetically designated by oil over Oklahoma and Texas before the coming of the Messiah. I would like my brother to be ready and please
Halleluja. are not just Christian. You are American. They're not lining up to go to Wuhan. They're not lining up to go to Russia, but they're still lining up to come to America. I hope today you take more special Godly pride in being American. Can somebody give him a shout? I said in that book, and they told me I was wrong, that there would come a time before the coming of the Lord, and I quoted Revelation 3-7, where a move will come in this country to undo what the enemy had done. And they all told me, you're wrong. I wasn't. I have a lot of faults, but being wrong is not one of them. <laughs> Sit down. I have a lot of new things out there. I, I, I won't tell you. This book comes with three CDs. Make sure and get it. I think I've got 10 or 12 left, and the price just went up dramatically. Okay. <laughs> so um, I want to show you something, please. Pastor kindly allowed me to show this. You will see an Israeli general, six foot nine inches tall, that's in charge of 260 mile, uh, kilometers of Israel, took time off to honor us here. But you will see something that will amaze you. I, th I think Heike uh, 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 was there, my dear friend from Seminole that came today. She goes to Israel almost every year with me. And thank you, Heike, for coming. Please go. I will stand here and tell them what's going on. The 417th Brigade 
my bus, our bus. I have 46 people with me. We are entering the headquarters in the Jordan Valley. The man on the right is a very powerful man in Israel. There are two commanders on the left. That's me about 30 pounds ago. She's a very influential person. Now you see the young ladies and men, 18, 19, and 20. The ladies serve two years, the men serve three. The young men uh, with their weapons. General Udi. My name is Udi, I'm uh, the brigade commander for the 417th Brigade uh, in charge from all the way north from Tzemach, uh, from the Sea of Galilee, to the north. Uh, south all the way to uh, Masada. Masada. So we have uh, over 260 kilometers of uh, area of responsibility uh, where this uh, brigade is, uh, is in charge. Uh, uh, and as I said, there's a, a big area of responsibility, and and the burden of it, or the burden of it, falls on the on the shoulders of the young soldiers here, the men and uh, and uh, women that have to operate here 24/7, day and night, uh, on different uh, levels of uh, of work, uh, year round, in probably the harshest. Uh, uh, place uh, in Israel. We're in the lowest place in Israel. So the conditions here are very, very uh, difficult to operate uh, on all on all levels. The help of people like you and your contribution, which is <coughs> I haven't got any word uh, to thank you for it, uh, but it really goes down, and that's what's important. It, it's not for the commanders; it's for the soldiers to have a place to sit in the evening and it's been open for 10 days something like that, that is what we build <laughs> it really is so important so they have a place in the evening after a long day of work in the sun with the flies to sit yes. down talk with themselves have a cup of coffee and and i think or i don't think i know it gives them the extra power to do what they do here uh, year long uh, and so that's really important. I'm telling you, I've seen it for the last 10 days. Uh, I didn't think it would have such a big influence on what goes here on base. There are over 300 soldiers living day long on this, uh, on this base. Uh, and so it gives them uh, a place to sit. And I think it also shows them that there are people around the world that care for them, yeah. that think that what they know, what they do is important and help secure uh, Israel and protect uh, uh, this uh, important uh, state uh, in the Middle East. And it gives them and us the added value. So I want to, from the bottom of my heart and, and from all the soldiers and commanders here, to thank you very, very much for your kind uh, contribution. And I'm telling you, it makes a big difference so thank you very, very much for that. When I was given the opportunity to come to the army base in Jerusalem 
and I had to choose what project we wanted to be involved in. They gave us many, and we chose the Border Patrol and the Army because we believe that the hands of Almighty God are upon you. And every day, some of us pray for you. Every day. This is a member of parliament that travels with me, former member. This is what we built, 50 feet long by 45 feet wide. That mountain you see is the Jordan country, the country of Jordan. So the soldiers can come and sit and decompress and all of that. And we are dedicating. So that's it. That's good. I just want you to see that when you give your offerings, it not just goes to help us travel, it goes to help us in the nation of Israel. We have done three projects like that. We only have 47 more to go. But we are going to go to every base and build that because the government does not provide that for the soldiers. And he, hear what he said. He said, when they sit, they will know who blessed them, the Christians. So uh, I just wanted you to know a little bit of what we do. Uh, thank you, Pastor, uh, for having me today. I'll be at the table. We have some new things. Get it quickly because I'm going to pack up. And if a couple of the guys and gals can help me uh, pack up and, and hit the road, I'll eat a hamburger on the road or something. Hallelujah. God bless. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful privilege we've had today to uh, hear this message day before Independence Day and to remember, you know, that... Uh, uh, God, uh, God is working. You know, there are a people of faith in this nation, and uh, we're that people. And because we're here, Jesus is here working. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. So, uh, you know, around here, we don't, we, don't, uh, we don't talk those words of dread, and, and uh, we don't talk those words of, of doom and gloom. We know because we're here, Jesus is here. Amen. And God looks upon this nation with great favor because we as God's people are here and God loves us. And just like he said, if there had been 10 righteous in any of these places that these people uh, talk about how God destroyed, if there had been 10 righteous, God would have spent. In fact, I think, if, I think if he'd have gone further and said if there's one, you know, God would have spared over one righteous. Uh, so we have great influence uh, in this nation. So tomorrow as you celebrate uh, our Independence Day, uh, don't forget to lift your hands and give thanks and praise to Almighty God for His goodness. Praise the Lord. I am so glad uh, that Dr. Bally was able to come uh, here today. Well, he brought some interesting points, didn't he? Praise God. So make sure you stop by his table. Uh, keep in mind not to, not to uh, start a long conversation with him. He has to get to Texas um, I would offer to take him had I known, and I'd have gone and picked him back up if he'd have needed that. I know he's got his vehicle, but anyway, um, he has to go to Texas, and I know if he's anything like me, um, he, he can kind of get caught up and hang out and then be late. So uh, uh, y'all have made me late several times. But anyway, <laughs> and I was glad to be late to hang out here with y'all. You know, you know that's true. So, but make sure you give him time to get with everyone, uh, pick up what you need. And then if some of you fellows will hang around, please hang around here after service and uh, help him to get loaded up 
and uh, down the road, that would be greatly appreciated. Praise God. Well, glory to God. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for what you've said and what you've done here today. We pray, Lord, that uh, your hand will rest upon Dr. Bally as he's on his way to Texas. Give him traveling mercy. Send your angels ahead of him to prepare the way. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you that uh, uh, we have the privilege to be in fellowship with this man of God and be a blessing. And Lord, he is a blessing to us today. Uh, we certainly receive, Lord, of your word. And uh, we pray, God, that uh, um, you will continue uh, to cause your grace to abound toward us as we take a stand of, on your word, as we take a stand for you in this last hour. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. I thank you for Winner's Church, God. I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful uh, group of people that you've brought together, uh, Lord, uh, for such a time as this. And so, God, as we go, go with us, and may your word uh, be spread not only in this uh, city, but, Lord, all across this nation. May we be a, your voice, God, declaring your word uh, to this world. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, and everybody that believed it said amen. amen.